morning, everyone, to this week's chilly edition of Coffee with Jim and James. You know, James, before we get started, this week and last week have been unprecedented. And it reminds me of a time. Let me tell you a quick story. Mm. You know, I've traveled the world to and from all over. And I remember going through the Rocky Mountains one time on my way to the Grand Teton. Okay. I was at about 13,000 feet. I had my pack mule. I was going along blizzard. I could barely see. And then all of a sudden this image appeared to me and it was cold. It was like last week in Texas. I mean, cold. And I'm like, is that Sasquatch? And I'm trudging forward. And all of a sudden I see an entity riding a yak and I get closer and I say, hello there. And this person opens up the pelts and who is it? But Stuart. I said, Stuart, what are you doing up here? He's like, I just got done with a government meeting. I have to meet a muni, and this is the best way to get there. And the APGA will do anything to see our members. All right. I may have embellished that whole story a little bit, but you know what? It was a little entertaining, wasn't it? Uh, I can't believe we our guests put up put up with it. Stuart, um, Stuart is a total setup, too, because we did the pre-show, and Jim had a plan. But he, he had an idea and said, I'm just going to run with it. And we trusted him. Yeah. And that's what he came up with. And he and he was pretty accurate. We do have a few members in Colorado and some of that, uh, you know, hinterlands. Some of that. Well, I, Jim, you were speaking my language. I thought it was going to be me on the yak um, because this past week here in Texas has been something special. And by the time this airs, I can imagine uh, how many more folks will be impacted by it. Uh, I know we put something out this week, but man, we see you, Texas, because we are you, you know, we're, yep. we're our headquarters is here. We have a lot of clients and, yep. and folks in the industry that, that call Texas home and Oklahoma and everybody impacted here in the South. Uh, so it's been a very humbling week, you yes. know, when you have to boil snow to flush your toilet, it makes you uh, appreciate some of that infrastructure. And so, you know, what a fitting time to have Stuart uh, join us today from the APGA. Stuart, good morning. And uh, I always let the guests do their own intros because uh, that's the most awkward thing we can do for a guest. Thank you. I'll, I'll see how <laughs> awkward awkward I can be. And uh, I w I'll say this. So uh, my background actually started in the engineering world. Uh, I worked for Chevron. It's a little company in California. Heard of them. Um, <laughs> And so, so yeah, so I worked um, at a refinery in South Mississippi as an engineer, a facility engineer, um, and then had the opportunity to do some upstream work. So, so my um, kind of production story related to cold weather is the assets that I was working on for Chevron um, were in Western Pennsylvania, and they had actually bought these from an, an independent producer up there. And, and no offense to my good friends at Chevron that I still have, but somehow they were convinced, the due diligence team was convinced that whales didn't freeze in Western PA like you folks are experiencing down there in Texas. And I'll admit, it probably doesn't happen in West Texas until this week, yeah. but it does happen in Western PA. So I know the challenges that those producers are going through. Definitely heart goes out to them. Um, and heck, man, you can't even get on the road to get out there and yeah. get the gas flowing. So um so yeah, so firsthand experience with well freeze ends and, and frozen dump lines and all that fun stuff on production sites. But um, 
man, Stuart, you're, I, I'm from West Texas, and I can tell you my entire life uh, growing up there, I've never seen anything like, uh, mm. you know, what we're seeing over this past week. And, you know, we're just simply not built for it. You know, I, I, I've had some friends from up north that laugh and say, oh, you know, it's minus whatever. Look, we're built to be cool down here. We're hot, you know, so we don't, we don't have a lot of those uh, niceties. And, uh, man, it showed this week. But, you know, the good thing about Texas, we're going to get to work. Uh, we talked about that a little bit in the pre-show is uh, that's one thing we do well. And, and I know the South does really well. So we're excited to get started. But Stuart, VP of Government Relations at APGA, tell us about that a little bit and a little bit about APGA, maybe for those that maybe don't even know they're a member, right? Yeah, yeah, no, well, that's good. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, so from Chevron, I, I took a right turn or maybe a wrong turn into government affairs, and and that's where I am now for APGA. So the American Public Gas Association, uh, we represent, we like to say we represent all public utilities, but not all public gas utilities are our members. We have about 700 members in 38 states. Um, there's about 1,000 total across the U.S. But yeah, our job is to represent them um, in the halls of Congress or within conversations with the regulators, um, both, you know, FEMSA, Pipeline Hires Material Safety Administration, who you folks and, and your listeners probably know a little bit more uh, than maybe some of the, the folks at DOE, the folks at EPA, you know, the, the alphabet soup of, of regulatory agencies. So, so yeah, so I'm supposed to be in charge of that. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Sometimes some days are better than others, but um, but no doubt. I mean, this week has definitely been a challenge for a lot of our members. Just recognizing that you know we like to take pride and that we feel like natural gas has flowed to the homes. Uh, it's just been just the crazy supply chain and just the way things are connected just has made it hard on everybody that is a part of this natural gas um, process. So this has been a crazy week for me, uh, and I'm. Not quite as bad as you down there, James, but I do have some white stuff on the ground. It is snowing here in D.C. where I'm located. So, Awesome. Well, I do have a little bit of sand flurries outside. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Hurricane season, I will be shriveled up in the corner in the fetal position, screaming. Let's uh, stay on track with the government relations. Uh, Stuart, uh, the topic of Section 5 has come up. Uh, I've seen it in the in the news and such like that, and uh, I think that pertains a lot to what I call, or what James and I call, the munis, the public gas uh, systems. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit on Section Five for us, please? Yeah, no, and and um, you know, keep me from getting too wonky here. This is my world, uh, and I recognize a lot of your listeners don't don't understand all these you know acronyms and terms. Uh, you guys, so are we used to- we are big fans of passionate tangent so <laughs> you have the floor sir yeah all right yeah. well i'll start i'll start here and say that you know i'm not trying to pit us against the investor owned utilities or maybe some of the bigger utilities the names you're more familiar with excel energy center point uh you know one gas uh, but we are unique in that our utility members are community owned and so they are not for profits. So every dollar they make goes back to the community in some way. And obviously that's usually, that's almost 99% through the utility. Uh, there's typically a kind of a wall between how other areas of the city spend money in the utility. But, but anyway, uh, section five is a, a 
very important issue for us because it does really impact that cost structure. So uh, when you look at the two big laws governing uh, electric, kind of electric transmission, electric distribution, and natural gas transmission and distribution, they're pretty much the exact same except for one provision, uh, and that's what's called what's in section five. And so basically, uh, our members, the natural gas distribution utilities, can't go to the regulator, which is in this case, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission or FERC, and ask for refunds if they felt like they were overcharged. And so things happen, price of gas fluctuates, things like that. And so they want to have the ability to go to FERC and say, hey, you know, we feel like the pipeline may have overcharged us in this situation. At least hear us out. You know, at least let's have a discussion about is there an opportunity to collect some of that overcharge for one reason or another you know so again you're, you're saying that there is it's like overcharge protection and you're saying electric has had this and mm -hmm. you're just looking for parity when it comes to that yep that's correct awesome. um, and, okay. and again just harping back on that not-for-profit that customer-owned aspect of our member is we're, we're not trying to pad anybody's pockets like this is purely going back to the customer through you know capital projects replacing pipe whatever the utility thinks is good for that system so awesome so so that leads great into really another portion and i'm glad you kind of bring that up because i know you know a lot of your members are looking for ways to get people back to work too yes. right at the yes. end of the day and so um you know, but your do you ever take off your government relations hat? Is that your permanent hat? All right, we'll, we'll just say, you know, wear that hat now. And let's talk about American infrastructure bonds. And can you explain that really to, to our audience and our industry? And, you know, how, how is that going to affect our, our industry and the people involved in it? Yeah. So our, we're unique in that we have access, our members have access to public financing. Uh, and so, you know, with that comes different bonds, different in investment types. Um, and so American infrastructure bonds are what we feel is a very timely way to put people back to work because right now, um, you know, and I was, I was joking with you guys earlier that I'm going to forget and I forgot again, but mm -hmm. let me get it right. Uh, so right now we our municipalities can currently issue tax exempt bonds. Uh, these American infrastructure bonds are taxable bonds. And so that's all I can say about the differences. I'll let y'all figure that out from your CPA or your investment folks. But, uh, but basically it's valuable because it's another tool to use for capital projects. So if you want to put in new pipelines, new assets, you know, here's another way you can get financing for that. And so to your point about putting people back to work, you know, that this is it, right? Here's another opportunity for folks to get money for big projects. Um, and it's, you know, like, obviously we're pushing it from the pipeline aspect, but these bonds can be used for broadband. They can be used for water infrastructure. And so we've got a lot of friends helping us out, push this through uh, Congress because it, you know, it can be huge for public utilities, all aspects of it. We're all for putting people back to work, aren't we, Jimmy? Amen, brother. I tell you what, and that's a, that's a great opportunity if people understand and learn a little bit about that and Google it and do some research. And like you said, talk to the uh, accounting folks as to which way we should go. What a better way to one, make our infrastructure better, more reliable, continue on the safety aspect and get uh, people back to work. 
that to me is a not even a trifecta it's a quadfecta <laughs> and, we, and we know a guy that if you have questions about it that, that we can point you to he's right here <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely Stuart let me let me get back to what James is talking about a little bit earlier before and we've all been talking about it, especially on the pre-show uh, we've had some unbelievable weather phenomenons lately and a lot of chatter in the news about oh we should be doing this or we should be doing that and the topic of energy choice has definitely come up and um what's what's some of the thoughts that you have about that as far as uh energy choice and what that means to the apga yep yeah and no, i mean you will never find an apga member that says we don't need all of the above i mean obviously they deliver gas that's their mission that's their goal they're passionate about that but they recognize it's you know it's a big world right i mean you and it's it's far as I can tell, this TV behind me, it doesn't run off natural gas, at least not directly, right? Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Maybe one day, but uh, but yeah, not directly, right? And so our guys focus on that direct use, you know, the gas to your furnace, the gas to your range, you know, gas to your water heater. Um, and so, so anyway, so when we think about energy choice, we want that option to be available for everybody, right? I mean, we don't want people to have to buy heat pumps because they can only get electricity. And so... That's, that's our hope is that direct use of natural gas remains an option for folks around the country. Um, you know, it was unfortunate. It's been, gosh, a couple of years ago now at this point that this, the city of Berkeley in California banned the use of natural gas. And so, is you know, we hated to see that. Got to be honest, probably wasn't as big a surprise, but we hated to see it for those folks there in California. And so kind of this energy choice language that we've been throwing around is really directly connected to uh, kind of a state effort we have going. We're working with a lot of different stakeholders, recognize this is, you know, you guys talked, we talked about jobs, like the labor folks are all over this because they recognize the value for them and for their, their labor, their union employees, especially to have the ability to, you know, still be pipe fitters, you know, still be that type of jobs. But anyway, there's a group of states uh, that's, we're trying to help legislators understand, you know, how important energy choice is. Yep. And once they understand, get them to pass legislation that basically at the state level prohibits a municipality or a little a city from make from banning natural gas or banning propane even. Uh, and so, you know, that's really kind of the gist of energy choice. Um, by all means, we're watching what's happening at the federal level. So what's happening at the U.S. Senate, the U.S. House of Representatives. When it comes to energy choice, you know, we don't want any policies that, you know, similarly do that at the federal level. I mean, it's a little harder to prohibit a, a utility, but still, I mean, there could be laws kind of put out there that make it harder to get natural gas to your home or harder to use natural gas to your home. And so, you know, that's kind of the, the, the overarching broad view of it. Um, you know, and, I, and I'd like to say that we, we, you know, energy choices, like I said, it's broad term, but we want to make sure that folks, that customers have that opportunity to use natural gas for, for a host of reasons, you know, it's efficient, uh, directly using it versus sending it to a power plant, convert it to electron and then get it to your house. Right. You know, it's cheap, it's affordable, it's clean. Yep. Yep. Uh, all that stuff. I'll get off my soapbox and let you yeah. go. <laughs> well, and, I, and I really think the spirit of it, I mean, when you say the word choice, mm -hmm. I think this week if it would have been sunny in Texas and James had the choice of 
having some solar panels or if it had been windy to have a little wind turbine helping him out during this time. I'm in Florida and we get a little bit of sunshine down here, but you know, there's also efficiencies, there's comfort, there's, you know, cooking with natural gas and such like that, that, you know, I, I may not want to mix, but I don't want to be prohibited from anything. I, I you know, I might want to be just like a 401k. I would like a, a portfolio that's pretty widespread. So I, I like, I like what I'm hearing with that. Right. I think the excited part too is Stuart for, for those of us that are not, you know, fighting the good fight out there, like you are that are right in the, in the heart of it. It, it gives me peace of mind to know that people are out there working on this stuff for our industry. Right. Um, We we've been, one of our goals this year with this show is also highlighting the need for people to get involved to understand that the things that are going on in our industry, people have been working on this, knew it was coming, are continuing to work on it, and will continue to work on it. And we have a seat at the table, a lot of seats at the table, you know, to really um, work on these, Mm -hmm. these opportunities even. And a lot of people just, I don't, it's a black box behind a certain point, right? Behind the curtain, they don't know how it functions. And so seeing and knowing that we have Stuart in D.C. working for us and, and people like Aaron and, and, and we have committees and task force yes. and, and other associations working on making sure we have a future and a, and a seat at the table, I think, is refreshing. So thank you for that, Stuart. Um, one, I, I, did you have one more thing? I don't want Actually, to yeah actually if i could say two things sorry i got uh you guys are triggering all these things but i'll keep it it too (laughs) so so one thing i always take advantage always try to take the opportunity to do is talk about the clean aspect of natural gas and just how we get kind of written off as though you're a fossil fuel you got to be dirty right you know there's huge environmental benefits of using natural gas and it's and it and actually you know while our, our members don't do the big transmission delivering natural gas to power plants i mean that's the best that's the best example right you look at the natural gas generation and how that has been huge from an environmental standpoint just decreasing emissions i think one of the things i like to talk about with our members and our aspect of the supply chain is that we operate infrastructure like our our expertise is not anything related to the molecule, it's the pipeline, it's the valves, it's the meters. And so, you know, for these folks kind of pushing natural gas out of the equation, you're taking away that expertise. And so how many ever years from now, I don't know for sure. I mean, it's somebody smarter than me is going to figure this out, but that those pipelines may not deliver, you know, methane and CH4, they're going to deliver renewable natural gas, right? Biogas, gas from a landfill or gas from an agriculture production that would have been emitted into the air and causes, you know, global warming or climate change or whatever. And so that's the aspect that I really like to harp on is like, you know, you guys like natural gas now, but the future hydrogen, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. renewable natural gas. And so, you know, I, I think that's the element that's so important for folks to realize. Um, The other thing I was going to mention too is, you know, don't put me on a pedestal. Like, sure, I know the wonky details behind GR, which is government relations, but uh, but that's because you know, for some reason or another, I thought it was cool. <laughs> now that I'm now that I'm living it, I mean, I agree so much. But uh, but anyway, but 
you get, you know, the, your listeners, you know, by all means, that guy turning the wrench out in West Texas that's listening to us right now, like you got, you can call your congressman just as easy as I can. And I'll be yeah. honest, like he wants to hear from you a lot more than I do. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell some resources here in a minute, but if you see a bill or you hear one of these American infrastructure bonds and it's your senator that's sponsoring it, you know, there's nothing going to stop you from calling him and his office yeah. and saying, you know, hey, I heard some wackadoo talk about this bond issue. If it's going to put people back to work, you better be voting for it, you know. Yep. So that's my two cents for, for that right there. Stuart, Stuart just called himself a wackadoo, I think. <laughs> and and I, it's so, I feel feel like we bonded instantly. Stuart, we, <laughs> we, it's we, on the internet there forever. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, hashtag hashtag wackadoo. So yeah, that's the teaser right there. <laughs> so Stuart, we ask one uh, one question to wrap the show every time, and um, I don't know, maybe we'll change it one day. But I, today is not that day. So if you watched one before, you probably already know what's coming. But Stuart, do you love what you do? I I do. Yes, very much so. And, and why? <laughs> Okay, get away with that. Yeah, I do. It's fine. I'm an I'm an engineer, guys. Black and white. Yes. No. Uh. No. Yeah. So I mean, you know, long story short, or maybe long story long, uh, I had the opportunity to run for uh, kind of student body president or whatever when I was in college. It wasn't president. It was another kind of student government position, um, and actually lost that. Uh, run campaign. Um, but it gave me the opportunity because I lost to take a semester off and go to DC and intern uh, for a Senator. I'm from Mississippi. So Senator Cochran, um, he's no longer with us, but you know, I had the opportunity to interview or work with him as an intern and man, it just like, just flipped my world on its head to know, like, you know, here I am, and I can make an impact, right? You know, I can be involved yeah. in public policy, be involved mm-hmm. in government relations. And, Absolutely. and you know, my dad would have killed me because I was eight hours from graduating with a civil engineering degree. So if I was to like change my major and be poli sci or whatever, go to law school, he'd be like, heck no, like you're, you're getting an engineering degree. <laughs> but that was the best thing too, because I was it, man. I was out in the field. I was at the refinery for four years. I was out in the you know, oil fields of West PA for four years or yeah, four years. And so, you know, I had, I had the experience. And so I love taking that experience into where I am now and really recognizing like I go to the Hill or I go talk to FEMSA or, you know, somebody at DOE. I'm like, look guys, like this is bad, you know, this is bad policy and, and this is what it's going to do. Cause I saw it. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, long like I said long story long I love what I do and it's because I can kind of really see that impact and you know kind of see the change I guess um sometimes sooner rather than later I mean if folks watch you know your news channel of choice you probably realize Congress doesn't do a lot but uh but there is some some instances where they actually do do stuff and that's and that's cool to see yeah. you know it's it, it's interesting because I in my mind by you talking that way I think for a lot of the viewers and munis will call them and such like that might have the idea now that, you know, the politicians aren't just over there. They're actually part of us. And APG is APGA is a conduit for us. Mm-hmm. 
maybe we could even go directly. I mean, you've given some strong words to say, hey, call call that person, you know, mm-hmm. let them know how you feel. And a lot of people might think, oh, I can't call a congressman or a senator. Well, you can, no, right? Can. <laughs> and and that's really important to take away. That's, and we're all people, right? And we all really, you know, when you think about it, we want the best for everybody. You know, we as an industry and as a country and as a world too. So yeah, good words of advice. I really like that. Yeah. Stuart, let's bring, before we wrap it up, if somebody wants to learn a little bit more about the APGA and they might be computer savvy, like I'm trying to be, how would I do that? What would, what would be my, uh, what would be my path to finding that? Yeah, no. So it's, we try to make it easy. Uh, so APGA.org O-R-G, is our website. And, and I am more partial to the advocacy tab because uh, that's where my world is. So that's where you can find all the information. If you do want a little bit more about Section 5, you do want a little bit more about the infrastructure bonds. Um, and then, you know, energy choice is a term. We also use the term direct use of natural gas. So kind of like I said, we're not we're not really in the business of getting gas to a power generation. We're getting gas to your home or your business. And so we call that direct use. And so find out all kinds of fun facts about, you know, the importance of direct use of natural gas and energy choice on APGA.org. I like it. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. On behalf of James and I, we thank you. It was absolutely great. And I will share that with the week going, Stuart was more than accommodating. We had to do a couple uh, reschedules and Stuart. I, I don't think anybody wanted to see me in the state I was yesterday <laughs> or Wednesday. Uh, that's for sure. Sucked into boots. Sucked into the boots, night. you know, three days waiting. Yeah, I uh, so accommodating. We appreciate yeah. that, Stuart. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to say this is probably the best APGA episode we have Ooh. had with the exception of Aaron. Oh, Aaron. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron killed it. Yeah. Tell Aaron we said hello and all our friends at APGA. We've, yes. we, we've had, like I said, long uh, membership there, lots of involvement, a lot of overlap. Um, we've had initiatives uh, that we've worked together on and I'm sure we'll continue to. Yep, yep. Absolutely. absolutely. And again, folks, thanks for joining us for this special edition of Coffee with Jim and James. Please reach out to the APGA, reach out to Stuart. You can also find him on LinkedIn as well. Um, Make your voice known, ask questions, learn. That's a big thing. And the most important thing, always stay safe. Until the next episode of Coffee with Jim and James, we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.